Com. I'm Brother Gregory. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about lies and deception. We're going to talk about the truth. We're going to talk about where we at and where we should be. And it's a lot different than most people think. We've been adding new web pages. Uh, we have a new article up on the course of church. It will go out on news views shortly, hopefully, if they received it. They always try to send it out during the middle of the week. They say we get more readers in the middle of the week. That's the best time to send things out. I guess it's because we're recovering from the weekend or haven't started thinking about the next one by then. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, reality is is that uh, Americans and the worldwide, uh, all nations, have strayed away from the Word of God. And the Word of God is more than just the Holy Scriptures. It's actually what created the universe. It's what set life in motion. It's His breath in us that makes us alive. And we need to become something different than what we have believed God wanted us to be. We cannot change ourselves. We don't have that kind of power. Uh, we actually are uh, very powerless. We are mostly victims of the world, the flesh, and the devil. We are victims of deception. And we are victims of our own pride because it is pride that cements us in the cell of our own making. If you want to control the people, first you must control their minds. To control their minds, you control words. You change the definition of words, and you can change what people are thinking when they hear these words. You, you are dealing constantly every day in what it was called in the Bible, the tree of knowledge, information. Now, God put the tree of knowledge there. He provided it for us. He allows us to uh, be very much a part of that tree and that tree be a part of us, but he does not want us to use that tree as a source. In other words, that knowledge is not what guides us. Knowledge is the tool. What guides us is the knowledge of God, the tree of life, the breath of God in us when he writes his laws upon our hearts and upon our minds. Now, that doesn't mean that we do away with knowledge and research and study and information. Those things are important. They are tools. And if you go to hisholychurch.org, there are lots of tools there, many tools there, a great deal of knowledge and information. But that knowledge and information isn't going to do you any good unless God is in you, unless Christ is in you, living in you, a part of what you... We've written a number of articles, and one of those articles is Defining Lies, and we talked about it on the blog talk. You can go to blog talk, and it's kind of a prelude or uh, post uh, News with Views uh, and uh, First Amendment radio show that we put on. It will send out a notice. It will tell you uh, basic topics of what we're going to talk about, and this is the morning after this is after the election and uh, a lot of people think they won in the election and reality everybody lost oh yes you had a changing of the guard but you did not have a changing in direction 
and America is going in a direction that is not being changed by voting. You want governments to change, men must change. And there's three essential parts of our society that are fundamentally flawed and in error, and we are the only ones who can change that, and we can only change that on an individual basis. Most of the people will not want to go the ways of Christ. Most of the people will not want to follow that straight path. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few be that find it. That means you're not going to have the majority of the people find that gate, that way, or vote for that gate or way. It isn't or find or establish or edify the kingdom of God. The more power you give to elections and, and the people you elect, the deeper into the pit you go. In Proverbs, we, we see where they talk about consenting not. If sinners entice thee, say, let's all have one purse. Well, that's what one purse is, one purse of rights where everybody gets to vote as to which rights you get to exercise and which rights you don't get to exercise what responsibilities you're going to take on, what responsibilities you're going to not have to take on. Every single county in the United States votes on educational matters such as do we want a new school levy, do we want uh, more money for our schools, or whatever it is. Uh, locally, there's a school uh, tax, there's a uh, tax for uh, social services, there's a tax for the cemetery. The cemetery out here is the desert, so the cemetery out here used to have tombstones, and it was, you know, you'd get weeds and stuff like that that would be growing in because it wasn't a green manicured lawn. They're out in the middle of nowhere. There often isn't any kind of well there or anything to provide water. It's a cemetery. It looks like Boot Hill. And we used to volunteer to go down and help clean away the weeds. We had nobody even buried there, but it was a community project. Then somebody got the bright idea that you could put it on the tax rolls, and if it was under a certain amount and, there, and you published it in the paper uh, back there in the little want ads, that after so many days you could get it on the tax rolls. And they did that. Well, we won't have anything to do with that anymore <laughs> because... They have decided it's okay to take from your neighbor. They literally, these people that we were helping clean up the cemetery, literally decided that they wanted to threaten us. It was only like $6 at first a year on our taxes. It's gone up, of course. That's always the nature of things. But they decided that it was okay to threaten to take our home away if we were not willing to pay them money so they could grow grass, green grass, on their grandfather's grave. Well, I'm not sure their grandfather would have ever done that. They were back in the days of rugged individualism, people doing for themselves. There was no social welfare. Their, their grandfathers built the local school with their own hands and with their own money and paid the teacher out of their own pocket. They, and, and they were pretty good schools. And, and I often repair that. As a matter of fact, i got to go put shingles on that old school roof. Nobody uses it anymore. They've all built a new school because they could get more money because they got it all on the tax rolls. Same way with a local health care clinic. I was helping them get together the funds and make the plans to build that. And then somebody came in and says, we have to put this on the tax rolls or it will never happen. Well, then it should have never happened because it is wrong to covet your neighbor's goods, to force your neighbor to pay for what you want just because it's a good idea. That's coveting your neighbor's goods. That's a sin. That's, that's spitting in the face of God to do that. And everybody in America does it from public school to health care. And you're, you're not doing anything to change that. Every one of you should get together in congregations 
and start taking your children out of public schools. Start homeschooling. Start teaching them at home. You say, well, I'm a single parent. I can't do that. We both work. I can't do that. Well, you may have to change your lifestyle. Stop sucking off the life of your neighbor. Stop cutting out his heart. Stop twisting his arm to get money out of him so that you can have free education and have the lifestyle you want. Stop sinning. Turn around. Repent. Go the other way. You live in a democracy where 51% of the people take away the rights of the other 49 and 51% of the people do not want to go through the straight gate and the narrow path. They want to covet their neighbor's goods. They want the benefit. They will not give it up. Social Security is the Corbin that makes the word of God to none effect. It divides the family. It breaks down these precepts that are so essential to a good society and throws them out the window. And Jesus was opposed to it, yet we're all for it, and your churches are all for it. Now, I'm not saying you have to stop having Social Security and you have to stop taking it, but you have to turn around and start heading for the kingdom. The kingdom Social Security was based on faith, open charity, and the perfect law of liberty. You need to go back to that. You need to start going back to that now because there isn't time to waste. I said in the earlier show that the churches in New England were nothing but embryonic republics because they took care of all the social welfare through faith, open charity. This is what made a country strong, not the constant individual people. You know, the forefathers were not Jefferson and Washington and Hamilton and Benjamin Franklin. Oh, they were there, sure. But it wasn't for all those other thousands and thousands and thousands of men who gave up their lives and gave up their homes and gave up everything to keep this country free. It would not have been free. Those are the forefathers. Those other guys just got all the press. They didn't lose as much as the other men. The men who lost the most weren't there. They weren't fighting for the Constitution. Most Americans oppose the Constitution. Read our book, Contracts, Covenants, and Constitution. That's a basic fundamental history fact. That had the Constitution been put to the vote of the people, it would have been voted down. But it wasn't put to the vote of the people because the people were not a party to it. You're a party now. But that's because you've applied to that government and become those U.S. citizens instead of state citizens. Now you want to roll back the clock? You want to change that? You cannot save yourself. You cannot pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can't set yourself free. You have to repent, turn around, set the table of the Lord, go back to the ways of the Lord. Start learning to live by faith, hope, and charity. Stop trying to get out of paying taxes and start trying to give God what you owe him. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But start giving to God what is God's. Start turning around and changing your allegiance to God and his kingdom. That's what he preached, a government. The church is a government. It doesn't exercise authority one over the other, but it's a government. It's a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. We can't give any charity except what you give us. Although, I mean, I give of myself. I give of my time. I give I give of uh, monies that come to me uh, are surplus. We live very simply in order to do the things that we do. You need a church, a government that is based on service, based on taking care of one another. 
people think that this is a republic, and I, I write in the article Defining Lies, which you can find at hisholychurch.org in the uh, uh, outline page. And this is from uh, uh, Ruling Powers, a study of the Roman Empire in the second century after Christ through the Roman orations of Aelius Aristotle's James H. Oliver Kissinger, uh, not the Kissinger <laughs> Publishing. <laughs> uh, anyway, what it says in there is Tacitus repeatedly contrasts the res publica under the emperors, in other words, the republic under the emperors, with the pre-Augustus uh, libera res publica, and in uh, the Germania 37, encountering the disasters which the Germans inflicted upon the res publica Romanorum. What what he's talking about, and he says it, uh, he calls this other res publica, this other republic, Caesar. Caesar was an author, wasn't his name. And that's that's how it worked for Caesar. Is uh, what he had changed the republic. Actually, when he ran for political office, which he actually had to get elected by an electoral college. One of his platforms was a return to the republic. The old res publica hardly had the mixed contributions which dreamers assigned it and which actually never can exist, but it was something greater and majestic which lives on as a glorious memory in a mean age. Well, that mean age was the age of... Uh, the emperors. The emperors were men who could exercise authority. They could compel the contributions of the people. It started small, but through a graduated tax system, it got worse and worse. And with the introduction of inflation, because they took the gold and silver out of the coins, it eventually brought Rome to utter ruin. But all that happened in a very short period of time. The life of Rome for 400 years was or almost 500 years before the first emperor was where all the success was achieved and that's what's happened in america is all the success has been achieved in the first 100 150 years of our existence because we still remembered the basic precepts of good government with the freedom and liberty of the individual this got worse and worse as we move more towards socialism and we invented a new kind of government with the old names, exactly what Rome had done. Caesar was mindful of the fact that people are ruled by words, by names. As long as you keep calling it what you want to call it, what everybody is used to, they will accept change without ever knowing that it was changed. And that's what's so dangerous about words is that you, you put a label on something like church. You say, well, I go to church, but the church you go to looks nothing like the first century church. It's not doing any of the things that the first century church is doing, which is why we wrote the book uh, Thy Kingdom Comes and uh, the Free Church Report. So you have the same name. You might call it ecclesia back there in the Greek or something else, an assembly or a synagogue, if you were speaking Hebrew. But the reality is what they were doing and what you are doing are not the same things. Now, I read from Ezekiel 16.3 uh, on Blog Talk, which talks about the flesh pots of Egypt, which they did freely eat from. The reality is they're talking about the welfare system that was paid for by the flesh of everybody and each neighbor. But they were told not to covet their neighbor's goods in the Ten Commandments, so they couldn't go back to those systems. But in Ezekiel 11.3, we see which say, It is not near, let us build houses. This city is the cauldron, and we the flesh. The city shall not be your cauldron, says God. So... In Ezekiel 11.3, which is before 16.3, they're talking about this idea that the city is the cauldron and you be the flesh. And so this flesh pots of uh, 
uh, of Egypt. Actually, that was Exodus 16, 3. I'm, I'm going to confuse you. But the reality is, is that what they're talking about is you gather together and you take bites out of one another. And we see that in uh, Micah 3, 3. Who also eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them and they break their bones and chop them in pieces for the pot and a flesh within the cauldron. Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry peace, and he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. What are we talking about? We need to be a people that does not bite our neighbor but lives by faith, hope, and charity. We are not that people. We are the people that are living in the one purse that we should have fled from. We are captured in the same net. We are boiled in the same pot because we have sought not the ways of God but the ways of Nimrod. Galatians 5.15 says, But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. That's exactly what's happening. I see people being devoured one of another. We're eating each other up until we are all in debt. Our children are devoured. We have eaten sour grapes and turned our teeth on edge. We need to change our ways and get away from this idea of democratic socialism and get back to the ways of early America and those embryonic republics that were in each church. I quoted how James Madison in 1787 in the Federalist Papers said democracy is the most vile form of government. Democracies have ever been a spectacle of turbulence and contention, have ever been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. And that's what we are seeing. And we haven't seen anything yet. Fisher Ames, uh, the author, author of the First Amendment, said a democracy is a volcano which conceals the fiery materials of its own destruction. These will produce an eruption and carry desolation in their way. We have become that democracy. John Adams said democracy, while it lasts, is more bloody than either uh, aristocracies or monarchies. Remember, democracy never lasts long as soon. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There is never a democracy that did not commit suicide. John Marshall, uh, the longest-serving chief justice of the Supreme Court, said between a balanced republic and a democracy, the difference is like that between order and chaos. Remember that republic, don't think that you're in a republic now. You're in Caesar's republic. You're not in the, the previous republic, the libera res publica, free from things public. You, you've gone so far from that, you don't even know what you're talking about when you say the word republic. The United States shall guarantee to every state and union a republican form of government. The term republic, res publica, signifies the state independently of its form of government. You're not independent of your form of government. You're heavily dependent upon it. Talk more about the keys that can Years ahead of the dominant media, First Amendment Radio.com and First Amendment Radio.net, around the world and on satellite. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, 
Invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government takeover of the church. Or at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them if not you? You are listening to the Worldwide First Amendment Radio Network. We do not have freedom of speech because the Constitution gives it to us. The Constitutional Amendment was written to keep the government from taking our freedom away. The Creator gave us our rights, but He also gives us the capacity to do evil or usurp the rights of others. Our individual rights end where the rights of another begin. No one has the right to do evil because evil can never be right. Those who would seek to limit your right to speak or hear the truth are the same who seek to subjugate, control, and enslave you. Freedom is not free. Support the Worldwide First Amendment Radio Network by going to firstamendmentradio.com on the Internet and following the instructions there to support us. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to continue to talk about the Kingdom of God. Uh, Our power system went out here, and I hope you can still hear me. Uh, The... uh, this is common out here in the remote areas of uh, the high deserts of Oregon, but uh, we're going to continue here in the dark. <laughs> There's not much light coming in through the only window, but uh, the light of Christ will have to suffice us for now. The term republic, as I said, res publica, signifies the state independent of its form of government. That's where the state is in the hands of the individual people. The law is in the hands of the individual people. It's decided on a regular basis through jury of your peers. It is not a place where you elect lawmakers who rule over you and exercise authority one over the other and force the conditions of the people. It is a different kind of government entirely from what Americans now experience, what most of the republics of the world experience. Union of Soviet Socialist Republic, the Republic of China. These are all claiming to be republics, but they're communist regimes within republics or some faction thereof, social democracies. That's what the United States has become as a social democracy. You are all bound in this system because you thought it was okay to take from your neighbor at the point of a gun to make sure that you had the benefits you desired for society. Well, that gun is now pointed at you, and you must pay or suffer the consequences. But the reality is this is because you have taken a turn away from the kingdom, because in the kingdom, that's not how you provide the social services. That is what the church was. It was a system to provide the social services of society. It was a different kind of government. You took care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. 
and it was a very successful way of doing it. It survived the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. And if you would repent and take your church back in that direction, you might survive survive the decline and fall of the present empires of the world and the New World Order and the unrighteous mammon, which is what you have created. You need to do something completely different, not simply a different candidate, a different lawmaker in place. These are not representatives. These are lawmakers. They are ruling over you. They can take a portion of your flesh. You have made your city a cauldron, and you are the flesh. Now you can vote as to how big a bite you're going to take out of your neighbor. And if he doesn't participate, then you can send men to his house and force him, twist his arm, threaten him with jail, take his property away. How is this Christian? How is this not coveting your neighbor's goods? You need to repent. All you churches out there need to start turning around and heading back towards the kingdom. You have gone far enough away that the journey back is going to be difficult enough as it is. Do not waste time in turning around and repenting and realizing that it is a sin to covet your neighbor's goods. It is defying God the Father. It is defying Jesus Christ to look to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. Democracy is the road to socialism. That's what Karl Marx said. That was one of the only positive things I could find about democracy, looking through all the quotes on democracy. Winston Churchill wrote that socialism is a philosophy of failure, the creed of ignorance, and the gospel of envy. Its inherent virtue is the equal sharing of misery. He later said the best argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. Well, the truth is the the best argument against Christianity is a five-minute conversation with the average person who thinks he's a Christian because he's not really talking about what Christ was talking about. He's talking about his doctrines, his philosophies, his ideas, and instead of talking about the weightier matters that Jesus talks about, Law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Well, how is it merciful to beat up your neighbor if he doesn't pay enough into your social welfare scheme? That's not mercy. Christ has parables about that, about the wicked servant and the good servant. You're beating up your neighbor if he doesn't contribute what you want, and you send men out with guns to make sure he contributes to your welfare to your social security, to your protection. If he doesn't do what your leaders have chosen for yourselves want him to do, you beat the car out of him. You're not forgiving. You need to change your ways. Your government needs to reflect the spirit of Christ in you. But if the spirit of Christ is not in you, your government will reflect something else entirely different. And that's what you see. That is the problem, not who is elected. You are the problem. And most of the people are not going to change. So you need to change. And you need to seek those others who are willing to change. It is difficult to understand how anyone who has read the proceedings of the federal conventions can believe that it was the intention of that body to establish a democratic government. Is that what we've done, is we've created a democratic government? Yes. How did we do that? How did we get around to that? You know, one of the things that I I just found absolutely amazing, and I've mentioned it too many before, but you never know who's listening that is new, is that uh, if you read in the 1928 uh, training manual definition of democracy, democracy, a government of the masses, authority derived from mass meetings of any form of direct expression, such as voting, result in mobocracy, attitude toward property is Uh, communistic, negating property rights, 
Right. I get to take away 6%, 5%, uh, 20%, 40% of your labor, your wages. I can even take away your house if you don't contribute to what I want. So property rights are negated. Attitude toward law is that the will of the majority shall regulate whether it is based upon deliberation or governed by passion, prejudice, and impulse without restraint or regard for consequences, results in demagogism, license, agitation, discontent, anarchy. Actually, they're kind of giving anarchy a bad name there, but the reality is that's what they wrote in the 1928 training manual definition of democracy. So what did they write in 1952, June 1952, uh, Army Field Manual, Soldier's Guide, Meaning of Democracy. Because the United States is a democracy, the majority of the people decide how our government will be organized and run. And that includes the Army, Navy, and Air Force. The people do this by electing representatives, and these men and women carry out the wishes of the people. The truth is they don't carry out the wishes of the people, but they do carry out the spirit of the people. Sure, a lot of you are disgruntled, but people are continually getting elected. And you think that, oh, well, we've got Republicans this year and Democrats last year, and so now everything will be hunky-dory. No. I've lived long enough to see that it doesn't make any difference in the long run. It gives you the illusion of change, but the reality is the direction is still the same. You just one of you, you know, the the Democrats drive on the left hand side of the road, and the Republicans drive on the right hand side of the road. I always get the left and right thing mixed up. But if you drive on the left hand side of the road, you're headed for a head on collision. But on the right hand side of the road, you're still headed in the wrong direction. You haven't turned around. You haven't repented. You haven't changed your ways. British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, uh, lived between 1804 and 1881, stated, If you establish a democracy, you must in due time reap the fruit of democracy with great increase of the public expenditure. You will in due season have wars entered into from passion and not from reason, and you will in due season submit to peace ig- ignominiously sought and uh, obtained, which will diminish your authority and perhaps endanger your independence. Well, this is back in, you know, before 1881. Your independence is not endangered. It's gone. You will in due season find your property in less valuable and your freedom less complete. Ta-da! That's where we're at today. How do you change that? You stop thinking democracy is the solution, and you start seeking the kingdom of God and its righteousness. The kingdom of God empowers the individual. All other governments take power from the individual and centralize it. How do you do this? How can we accomplish this? This is what we're talking about. This is what we're trying to do. But you cannot simply join an email group and sit there and wait for somebody to send you another email. You must become involved in the lives of others. Benjamin Franklin advised a nation of well-informed men who have been taught to know the price, uh, uh, know and prize the rights which God has given them cannot be enslaved. It is the region of ignorance that tyranny begins. Can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are of the gift of God? Your liberties were a gift from God, and you've given them away in exchange for benefits from men who aren't really benefactors. You have betrayed Christ. You have betrayed the Father.
it is impossible to introduce into society a greater change and a greater evil than this, the conversion of the law into an instrument of plunder. All socialism involves slavery. Socialism is the religion people get when they lose their religion. And pure religion is to care for the needy of your society, the widows, the orphans, whoever is in need in your society, unspotted by the world. And that's what we're not doing. So what are we going to do about this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to manage this? How are we going to change our way? How do we turn around? A local pastor asked me, what can we do to change this? He's beginning to see that we've gone the wrong way. Well, for one thing, he's going to have to start talking about the kingdom of God in church, despite the fact that people are going to be moving away from what he has to say. He'll have to slice the the meat thinly. He'll have to maybe even make a broth for most of these people who think they're Christians and actually on a day-to-day basis plunder their neighbor in order to obtain the soft, comfortable lives that they have become used to. You're going to have to be willing to change your lifestyle. You don't have to do it drastically, but you're going to have to start budgeting yourself within the precepts of the kingdom of God. You may have to pay your taxes and start getting your benefits from somewhere else. This is what Israel had to do. It's a process. But the fact is, is those who are willing to walk that path and turn around and head back are willing to admit we've gone the wrong way first and then turn around and start heading back, it's going to cost. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you uh, a lot. But if you don't, you will lose everything. You will lose even your very soul. This is why Christ is saying, you know, fear not. Fear the loss of your soul. Because they get you to commit the crime of coveting your neighbor's goods, of saying, let's all have one purse. Let's vote in what we want and make our neighbors comply with that. And you signed up and your neighbors signed up, and then all of a sudden you find the sting of your error and you want to change it. You want to just throw everything out and say, oh, well, I didn't agree to that. You said yes to it. You may not have understood, but you said yes to it. You all went and got public school educations. This has been going on for a long time. This is not a new thing. So you need to change your ways. You need to start coming together. You need to start caring about somebody else instead of just caring about not wanting to pay your taxes. The reason I'm harping on this particular subject is someone I know and his family are going to jail. They're going to jail because they tried to evade taxes. And they listened to a lot of people who offered them something that was too good to be true. And the reason why is because it wasn't true. And they got themselves into lots and lots of trouble, and they will lose, you know, probably half a million dollars. I know other guys who will probably, uh, actually, I know guys who have already lost millions of dollars because they did not seek the kingdom. And they were willing to listen to these guys who offer them all kinds of UCC redemption plans and all these kinds of goofy ideas that lead them astray and tickle their ears in another way. And they pay the price. Don't go that way. Seek the kingdom. This kingdom is people coming together who care about each other as much as they care about themselves. And and that's why we started the network. And I hope other people are networking. I know they are. But they're starting to think, okay, what we can do for ourselves. Unfortunately, there's a large group of people that are networking that think, oh, we'll get the vote and we'll solve the problem. Even with all these people telling them that democracies are doomed from the beginning. If you have the power to vote and make things right, they have the power to vote and make things wrong. And there's more of them than you. Do the math. You need to change your ways. You need to change what you're doing and how you're doing it. 
and that is start seeking the kingdom. And you do that by start seeking others and start educating yourself and becoming an informed Christian, not an informed voter. Uh, someone who understands that the kingdom of God is a solution for the living, not for the dead. And stop making excuses and start coming together. One with each other. We're... I actually have no way of telling what time it is, so I'm I'm looking at... I guess we've still got more air time here. <laughs> so, uh, the with the power out... <laughs> difficult to see what's going on <laughs> anyway the uh, so some of the things that you can do is uh, for one thing first you have to see you've done something wrong start studying we've got a wealth of information on the website at hisholychurch.org if you join the network you can ask the contact ministers in your local area where can i read this book or that book what book should i read first everybody should become familiar with the different articles because they're written to answer lots and lots of questions. And if we get more and more contact ministers who begin to study this and know where the answers are, and we're not really interested in a lot of other political sites, we don't mind you going out and studying them, but the idea is let's focus on the kingdom, let's focus on the true solution, and let's start really coming together and start helping one another. And we've got a number of projects where those who come together and form these congregations of record, we're going to try to help them out financially. And uh, we're giving up a great deal of what could help us out in order to do that. So if, in return, if you think what we're doing for others is a value, you can help us out. But that's the way it's going to have to be because we're operating completely on charity. We're not going to try to take away from the system. We're going to try to add to the individual and to build up the individual's rights by building up the individual's responsibility. If you want rights, you have to accept responsibilities, and that's the way it works. So that means you have to start becoming responsible for one another in a system that frees your neighbor, and therefore you will become free in turn. If you want to bind your neighbor in a democracy, force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare, or if you just want to get out of contributing, uh, those things are not going to get you closer to the kingdom. What's going to get you closer to the kingdom is to become a free giver. Uh, Freely give, freely receive. If you don't give, you will not receive back. So we've decided to give. And so we're actually going to give quite a bit. Uh, before we're done, <laughs> we've already given quite a bit. We've given all this, all these books are available for free. All these articles are available for free. All these audios and videos that we make out there uh, and put on the net are available for free. And that's our contribution to a society that's based on Christian principles. But there are a lot of lost sheep out there, and we're going to need your help to find them. So in order to find them, you need to come together in a network, and you need to pick somebody who's willing to be a contact minister, to be your personal contact minister and keep you abreast and keep others uh, abreast as to who you are and what you need and what you don't need or what you have to offer. If you don't come to the table to help, you know, it's like a potluck. I'll give you a story. we got a little bit of time here. Uh, out here, there was a fellow by the name of Marcus Aurelius. I mean, that was actually his real name, Marcus Aurelius, who was uh, the emperor who had the worst human rights record uh, of all the emperors for persecution, official persecution of Christians. He was the one who made birth certificates mandatory and a number of other things. And if you actually read his meditations, there's a huge uh, amount that has come down, which are called the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, uh, he sounds like a fundamentalist, or maybe not a fundamentalist, but maybe a Presbyterian preacher uh, talking about responsibilities, etc. But he was still one of those benefactors who exercised authority. But anyway, this Marcus Aurelius was a cowboy and a rancher, and he was kind of a two-fisted guy. Uh, he eventually was killed uh, uh, 
when he was thrown from a buck and bronco and uh, they brought him into his home and laid him on the floor because they knew there was serious injury and he was unconscious and eventually passed away but uh, they had a branding there and when we have brandings in this country everybody comes from miles around and helps out with the branding and they uh, uh, they uh, all work on it you know uh, people are roping and people are throwing the calves and people are branding them and notching ears and what have you and everybody works at it and the idea is that you want to do it as quickly as possible uh, so that the calves are away from their mothers for the shortest period of time because you have to sort the calves out and rope them. You can't be roping and throwing that calf down when the mother's there or you're liable to get gored. Uh, so this is what they would do. And then they would try to get all done by noon or 1 o'clock, and the wives would all come, and they'd prepare a big, huge meal. And everybody would bring something and, and help out to prepare this big meal and feed all the hands that had been there all morning. And, well, of course, more people sometimes show up than are needed, but everybody tries to pitch in. But occasionally some people like to sit on the fence, like a lot of people today like to sit on the couch or sit in their chair in front of their computer and, and read emails and check emails and maybe throw out a little, uh, you know, comment now and then. But the reality is when they were all ready to go eat, there were a lot more people than had come to help or had helped prepare the meal. And so Marcus simply said, everybody who's helped with the branding today, uh, come on over and we'll feed you. And everybody who has sat on the fence today and done nothing, you can just sit, keep sitting on the fence. And that's exactly what happened. As they kept sitting on the fence, it slowly got down and moseyed away because they realized they weren't welcome because they weren't doers of the work. And and Jesus tells a parable about the foolish virgins who just burn up their oil and don't do what they should be doing. And he closes the door in their face, and he shuts them out. And they can go and cry unto the God who saved You, I hope, are not a foolish virgin. I hope you seek the kingdom with all your heart and mind and soul and pledge your honor and even your fortune to this sacred duty and responsibility. Till then, may peace be upon your house, and may God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.